Good morning, mamas. Well, at least it's morning time for me. <laughs> it's about the only time I get some peace and quiet uh, is once I drop the kids off at school. So I hope that you're having a great day. I hope that you have had a great week. It is Monday morning for me where I am and I'm getting ready to launch this next episode with Brooke McBride. Brooke and I met many, many years ago working together at the national headquarters for our sorority and have stayed in touch via social media. Our boys are about the same age. We both love to write and we just had the best time catching up uh, on all things life and some of the new dreams that Brooke has been pursuing. So I hope you enjoy today's episode and thanks for joining me on this episode of the Memoirs from the Minivan podcast. Well, good morning, Brooke. How are you doing? I am good. Thank you for having me. This is very exciting. Yeah, well, thanks for being a guest. I really, really appreciate it. I'm super excited to chat with you um, and hear about your life and motherhood and your this kind of new adventure that you've got going on. So, but before we dive into all that, can you kind of give listeners just an idea of who you are and a little bit about you? Sure. Um, my name is Brooke McBride, and I live in St. Joseph, Missouri, which is about 45 miles north of Kansas City. I have been married, I'm just celebrated my 14th wedding anniversary, and we have a four-year-old little boy who is about to turn five in December. I, um, worked in higher education for a lot of years. And then after we had our son, my husband and I decided um, that I would stay at home for a little bit and just kind of see where that went. Um, And it seems like it's still a conversation we have regularly of what does this look like? Am I going to stay at home? Am I going to go back to work? Am I going to try to make a career out of writing, et cetera? Um, And We've kind of just left that up in God's hands. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's such a huge um, decision, and some of it is out of our control that, like, we're kind of just going with the flow right now. Yeah. No, I mean, I love that. I think especially during seasons of a pandemic, <laughs> going with the flow seems to be the best <sighs> choice. <laughs> yes. Yes. Especially what's this world is, is so crazy. So, yeah, we're just... I try to go with the flow. My anxiety sometimes has different ideas. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. So talk a little bit about that transition. So you were working, you were in the professional world for quite some time, and then you came home. Now, did you come home and stay at home from the minute he was born, or was that a little bit later? Sure. So I got my master's degree in higher education administration, and that's what Um, I actually took a job, um, a year before my master's degree was done. And so that's what I've, I've done since I was 23 and I didn't get pregnant until I was, um, 35. So I was definitely in a career. The only bad thing was, um, it was a career that required a lot of nights and weekends, um, I was director of basically student life. And so 
I oversaw um, Greek life, leadership, things like that. So if we had a student get alcohol poisoning or a student try to commit suicide or a rape, something like that, I basically was on call mm. 24 hours a day. Yeah. Um, and to complicate it, I worked in Maryville at Northwest Missouri State University and lived in St. Joe, which is 45 minutes south oh, because wow. I'm from St. Joe. Yeah. My family was here, etc. There's a lot of different reasons we did that. Um, but my husband and I, we tried for several, several years to get pregnant and it took us almost eight years to get pregnant. And mm -hmm. so when that time came, it was kind of like, oh no, what do I do now? Yeah. Um, so we, we really debated, what does that look like? Do we move to Maryville to be closer? But one of the reasons we moved here was that if we had a family, my parents were close to help, et cetera. So at the time we just felt like the best thing to do was for me to quit that job and stay home and, and kind of see what would happen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where we landed basically. Yeah. And then I think you don't have to consider those questions until kids, right? Everything is just what I need to do and where I need to be or where we need to be. But then the kiddos enter the picture and all of a sudden there's lots of other questions um, yes. that you have to start asking yourself. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So how was that, that transition? You've been a professional for what, 13 years or something. And now you are staying at home. And I don't know if that was part of your vision. I ask a lot of my working moms when I talk to them, tell me if you always wanted that. Or for me, I very much always wanted to be a working mom. But then I have interviewed mm -hmm. others who have said, I wanted to be a working mom. And eight months after I brought her home, I couldn't do it. Or I always <laughs> wanted to be a stay at home mom. So what was your story? And how was that transition for you? Um, it was always a dream of mine to be a stay at home mom. My mom um, was a stay at home mom until I was three. And then she went, um, back to school to get her AA degree and she didn't actually start a job until I was five. Okay. My husband, um, was a product of a stay at home mom. And so we always knew that that, you know, would, would be an opportunity that we would love to have. Um, but you just never know financially, et cetera, if you're going to be able to do it. Sure. And it, I suffered from, very, very severe postpartum. And so to even think about going back to work. So for an example, my son was born in December. I did not actually leave the house with my son by myself until after Easter. Mm. So to even imagine like getting him up every day and dropping him off at daycare and going to work like Physically and mentally, I just don't think, I mean, I could have, you, you do what you have to do, but sure. I, I just don't think that that's what, um, God had planned for us. Yeah. So I decided fairly early on, um, that I was going to try to stay at home and then we just decided we're just going to make that work. But yeah. I will tell you, it was so much harder than I ever imagined it would be even now with a four-year-old it is still so much harder 
I just, and I, you know, I, I work part time now, which I think is really good for me because I missed the conversations. I missed the adult interaction. Um, but I think until you've done it, I said, I think sometimes people don't understand like, Oh, it's, it's gotta be so easy to stay at home. Like, what do you do all day? And I'm like, there's nobody to teach my son how to hold a spoon. There's <laughs> nobody to take him while I go to the bathroom. I mean, there's just, yep. you are with this child all the time. And I think in that process, I lost a little bit of myself. Mm. You know, I no longer had a career. People ask me, what do you do? I stay at home. Oh, okay. You know, there's, there's nothing really else to talk about. Like, oh, what's that like? Or, I mean, I think people just kind of assume that they know what that's like. And I thought, oh, yeah, this, this won't be hard. You know, this won't be any big deal. We'll just hang out. And it just ended up being a lot harder than I anticipated. Yeah, I, I think, you know, particularly this year because of the pandemic, a lot of us have gotten a little bit of a taste of what it's like to stay at home with children all the time. And as much as we love our kids, and you've said this a couple times, I really do think it is a God thing and it is a calling in terms of if you feel really passionate about it or you feel really impassioned the other way, those are both right choices. And I I really appreciate your honesty too about the postpartum thing because I don't think we talk about that enough. I also suffered from postpartum after my first daughter was born because I almost died with her. And, you know, postpartum looks different for everybody, but I think the more that, that moms can talk about it, Um, and just embrace that like, hey, this is a real thing and don't feel bad for feeling how you feel. Um, I love that you shared you didn't leave your house for four months. Some mama needs to hear that today, you know? Um, And so I think- I I look back on it and think, you know, my husband and my mother must have, you know, been worried sick about me, like what? But I don't ever remember them pushing me or really questioning it, you know? Like they just kind of- let me do it in my own time. And what's so silly is <laughs> what finally got me out of the house is like, it had been Easter and I'm like, Oh, Easter decor, Easter kit. It's all going to be 50%. <laughs> so I'm like, I got to go shopping. Let's go. And I remember Bryant was in his, in his car seat in the car and he was like surrounded by like plastic eggs and all this stuff. And I texted a photo to my mom and she's like, what are you, where are you? <laughs> I love it. But then, I mean, I look back on that and I'm like, now we, like, we go somewhere every single day. Yeah. And after that, we pretty much started going places, but there was just, there was this hump, you yeah. know, that I just kind of, I had to get over it and wait till I was ready. And yeah. I remember when I went for my, my follow-up and my doctor, the first thing she said is, how are you doing? And I started bawling and I said, I just want my life back, which mm. when you've tried to have a baby for eight years yeah, and to get that. And then all the, I like, I felt horrible and I felt torn and I'm like, what is, what is wrong with me? But it just completely flips your life upside down and it's such a blessing and it's so beautiful but it's so 
so hard. It is. No, I, I love, I love that. And I, I think, you know, I am a big Rachel Hollis fan and, and her, you know, oh, yeah. one of her philosophies is that you can hold both happiness and joy at the same time of grief and sadness. And so I feel like, and I'm, I don't want to speak for you, but I feel like after eight years, you may have started to think, I don't know if this is going to happen. And so you start to envision a life maybe without. And then when that does happen, all of a sudden you're like, whoa, now I have a new identity. And what happened to my old identity? And you're, you yeah. really are trying to like put it all together and figure out how it all fits now, you know, when, with these new things. So is that, was that true for you? Do you feel like you experienced some grief there of, of like my old life? I want my life back. I heard you say that. Yeah, I, I did. Cause I just, you know, when, when you have a newborn, it's like, I mean, they need you for everything. Yeah. And, you know, the, I, I wasn't sleeping very well. I had trouble with breastfeeding. Yep. You know, there were just so many things that I, I felt like I couldn't do anything right. Um, and that, that wasn't the person I had been because sure. of my career, I was pretty good at what I did. Um, I was confident in what I was doing and I mm. was not confident anything with motherhood. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I, I had this thought of, I'm horrible at this. I'm horrible at this. This is never going to get easier. This is never going to get better because it seemed like it was always something else. Like, okay, I couldn't breastfeed. We got over that hump. Like, okay, he's got to have formula. He, he's going to be okay. Like, he, he's a formula baby. We're going to survive this. And yep. then it would be diaper rash and then colic. And you're just like, oh, my gosh, does this mm-hmm. ever stop? And as a parent, I've learned that, actually no, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's it may not be as as hard as those things or it may be hard in a in a different way you know I'm starting to um see my son interact with kids that can be mean and I'm like you're you're four you're five you know like that breaks my heart and yep. so I have to think about as a parent like oh okay how do I comfort him while teaching him right from wrong and teaching him the right way to respond Mm -hmm. and I'm just like I think I finally just like I hate that expression of lean in but I think I finally just leaned into it that I'm like this is hard yeah it's 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 always going to be hard when he's 40 and he needs something from me whatever that may be it may still be hard yeah that's that's the role of a parent that we, we take on that and it's, it's a blessing, but it's so hard. It is. You know, I, I love that. And I think I I listen to a lot of Simon Sinek and he talks about like these things in life that are like, there's no completion to. And I feel like for women like us who were professionals or are professionals, there's always this sort of like, do a project, get to completion, like do a project, get to completion. And there's this idea that it's done, it's finished. And I can evaluate that I did a good job. Gosh, with parenting, there's no finish line. So you just get through one race and then you start over another marathon, you know, like there's just no, or the race may completely change in the middle of the marathon. Like it just, 
And I feel like that's probably for me one of the hardest things I deal with is just this sense of, am I doing a good job? Because there's really no way to like evaluate, you know, same kind of with marriage. Marriage and parenting, it's like, how do I know if I'm doing a good job? Where's my score? You know? Right. That's a really that's a really good point. I never I never thought about that. But yeah, that's in my job I would I would complete things and you would feel that sense of satisfaction. Totally. Like, totally. Okay, well, even if it didn't go perfectly, like, oh, okay, I, I learned from that. I can fix that next time. Mm-hmm. Well, as parents, we, of course, we make mistakes, and of course, we learn. But eventually, it's like, I'm not going to be able to fix my kid yep. <laughs> if I keep making <laughs> these mistakes over and over again. Yeah, at some point, you know, I, I always thought that I knew the meaning of the word grace. Uh, but I think once I became a parent... I have had to really, to use your expression, lean into that word and really trust that it's not just about me and what I'm doing, but just trusting like I'm doing my best and I'm trying hard and I'm being intentional um, and giving yeah. myself a break from time to time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, you know, if there's a mom who's listening who is struggling with maybe getting pregnant or she's struggling because she can't breastfeed today or she's struggling because she hasn't left her house in a couple of months, what would you say to her? Um, get, give yourself some grace. Um, talk to someone. Um, I, I put a lot, a lot of pressure on myself to breastfeed. Yep. Um, and I look back on it and it, it still almost brings me to tears because we tried for, for 10 days. My son was born December 15th. Um, I had a scheduled C-section, but um, I, they weren't serious complications, but I had some, some complications. Um, and it, it just, from the get-go, I hit one roadblock after another with breastfeeding and I remember when they my last day in the hospital I cried the entire day because I could not get him to latch and they finally told me you're gonna have to supplement and I I was just dead set I'm like I'm not supplementing I'm not doing it you know I thought in the back of my mind mama bears coming out I know what's best for my son I've done the research. I know it takes a little bit for the milk to come in. Like, I'm not doing this. He's not having a bottle. So they discharged me that night, and our neighbors, she um, had an 11-month-old, and I knew she was breastfeeding. And I remember, and we weren't that close, and this is not something I normally would have done, but I remember I went to the bathroom because the doctors and my husband, they were all out there arguing about this and that. And I went to the bathroom and I called her up. Like she couldn't even hardly understand me. I was crying so hard saying I need breast milk. And she's like, okay, as soon as you guys are home, like I I will help you. And she gave me breast milk. Mm. Um, But I also remember it was like 4 a.m. on Christmas morning. And my husband came to me and he said, we're out of breast milk and they had left for Christmas. And so I didn't have a choice. So I remember, okay, I'm like, okay, let's, let's get the formula the hospital gave us. And like, we just have to feed him. And I had to be backed up against a wall that it was either formula or my son starved. 
And what makes me sad is that I never, ever should have been in that position. Like, I should have had someone to counsel me to say, it's okay if yeah. he has formula. Like, it's going to be okay. I had health reasons that he couldn't, um, I, I couldn't produce enough milk, my age, the C-section, like there were so many things. And for 10 days, I feel like I didn't really get to bond with my son yep. because it was so frustrating about something like breastfeeding. That first weekend, we fed him with a syringe mm. and I, I have pictures of it because I we had a photographer come in and I said you don't want to take a picture of this and she's like I want you to remember this mm. and I look back on that picture and it breaks my heart that yeah. like why didn't I just give him a bottle yeah so I mean I I don't know if I didn't um maybe reach out to friends I, I don't know I don't really know how I got in that position except to just put so much pressure on myself but I think I would tell any new parent not just breastfeeding or what it's not gonna look the way you think it's going to look yeah it yeah. just it doesn't have like nothing seems to happen that way and that you have to just kind of be open-minded that every kid is different every situation is different and to give yourself some grace that it just may not go the way you think it's gonna go yeah, I relate to that so much because I was absolutely convinced that breastfeeding was the only way to go. And, and I do still think that it is a great option. If you make milk and your kid yep. latches and you are getting sleep enough that you're not totally sleep deprived and you feel confident and good about doing that, then breastfeed your baby. Uh, but... If you don't make enough milk, give the kid a bottle, you know, like right. fed, fed is best. Right. Um, yeah. and I just think I look back on those same periods of time and think, how did I get there? Why was I so convinced that I was failing if I couldn't right. breastfeed, you know? Um, and so I, I appreciate you sharing all that because I know other mama friends right now, who are beating themselves up because they cannot breastfeed. And I just want to tell them it is okay. Both of my kids were on formula because when I had my second kid, I made some, but not enough for a 10 pound baby. So he was supplemented with formula too. And guess what? They are both healthy and happy and just completely fine. And so, um, yeah, I appreciate that. Well, let's transition a little bit to, You've spent four years now at home being a stay-at-home mom, um, but you've now kind of gotten into um, a new dream or hobby or I'm not sure, a passion of yours. So tell us about what you're doing and kind of how that came to be. Sure. Um, hopefully I hopefully you can keep me on track here because this is, this is kind of a it, – it's, it's a weird road that I've taken and um, – but when I was growing up, one of the things that kind of I stood apart from my peers was my writing. I remember in elementary school and in middle school, my English teachers um, always praising me. And I was always just kind of recognized for writing and my imagination. Um, 
And then I got to high school and I took an English honors class and that teacher ripped my writing to shreds. Oh, now, wow. looking back on it, um, I can't even remember what happened, but it was probably constructive criticism. But as a 16, 17 year old kid, like it just kind of deflated me and I just kind of stopped writing. Um, I, I would write for, you know, essays, whatever I needed to write. But as far as writing for fun, I just kind of gave it up. Um, and in 2012, so I would have been 32. So that's a very long time to give up something. But, um, my husband and I moved back to my hometown and and we bought an old house that we completely renovated and, and fixed up. And there was this fence in the front that um, I had a four pound dog at the time who she just walked right through it and I'm like (laughs) okay well that fence has to go because that's not gonna work so my husband's like I bet you that's worth money like it's it's like that um I forget what it was but he's like I bet you that's an antique and I'm like well what are we gonna do with it to make long story short my husband had the genius idea to put it on ebay and offer free shipping, which it weighed a lot. So to make a, an even longer story short, we had to drive it to Florida. Oh, my. And I was so, so angry with him. <laughs> um, then he was also, he took off work on a Friday. We had three days to drive it to Florida and get back because he started his doctoral program on a Monday. So basically we had to drive for like 18 hours straight to drop off this fence. And I was so mad that I'm like, you know, I, I don't really want to talk to you. I don't really want to do this. I'm just going to read. And I started reading books like nobody's business. Um, and I was going through like a book or two a day and, um, my husband's doctoral program, he actually had to go somewhere three days a week overnight. So he was like four hours away. We didn't have cable. We didn't have kids at the time. So I'm like, what what am I going to do with my time? So I just really started reading. Well, after a month or so of this, my husband's like, you're going to break us. You're buying so many books. (laughs) He was kind of joking, but he's like, why don't you write your own book? And I literally laughed in his face. I'm like, I can't write a book. What are you talking about? And two days later, I'm like, well, I sat down and this book just poured out of me. Oh, I, I wrote, that. um, I want to say it was like 120,000 words in like six weeks. So that's like a, about a 400 page novel. Wow. And, um, that book has never seen the light of day. It's crap. It's sitting on my, it's sitting on my shelf somewhere, but it, it got me thinking and I'm like, well, I don't know, maybe I, maybe I can do this. So, um, I was still working at the time, but basically I spent all my free time learning more about writing, sitting down to write. And it's something that I really, really enjoyed. Like I would wake up at four o'clock in the morning on a Saturday and I just go write for eight, nine hours. Um, so I wrote this book that, um, I ended up publishing last April that's called the Lost between us. And it was a very, very long road to get there. I considered 
getting an agent and trying to have somebody publish it for me, um, but ultimately decided that wasn't the way I wanted to go. I wanted to have more control over my career. Um, so I just decided to, to self-publish it. And I actually was, and I still am blown away that um, the reviews and the response I've gotten is way more than I ever expected. Obviously it's, it's not a bestseller. I have not made money from it. Um, I haven't even made back the money that I invested in it. So it's not really about that, but um, so many people that have read it have reached out to me to say, I, I read your book and now I read every day. Mm. Um, I found a new hobby, a new escape because I read this book and it just kind of pulled me into this, this world of reading and, um, you know, thank you for, for kind of opening that door for me. So yeah, it's just been, um, a really interesting, fun, hard, <laughs> um, experience. Yeah, no, I love that. I mean, that's so, it's so cool. I, relate a lot because I was always like a writer in elementary school I have like journals of short stories uh -huh. and poetry and all of that kind of stuff but then as you start to mature high school college you know writing for me sort of felt like this long shot in the dark you know like how does right. one even go about doing something like that so I, I totally relate to you what have you learned through the process? I mean, you said the first one you wrote is, you know, on a shelf somewhere, never to be seen. But what are some of your big takeaways and, like, learning experiences through that process? Um, I think one thing that has been really cool for, through the process is women and especially mothers kind of supporting me. Mm. through this you know I didn't really tell a lot of people beforehand what I was doing uh, because there are some people that I tell and you know they're kind of like oh what, what are you gonna do with that you know um kind of not quite roll their eyes but you know are a little hesitant to kind of support that but I ran into a lot of mamas who are like that is awesome how can I support you um you know, just very, very supportive. Um, I've had a lot of friends that share stuff on Facebook, you know, and they, they don't have to do that stuff, but it's just really, really nice to see that support. And it's, it's kind of helped me flip how I see some things. Mm. And so if I have a friend who sells Pampered Chef or I have a friend who does a podcast, you know, like, mm -hmm. I want to try to support other people in their dreams because yeah. this is a dream. And like you said, it's, you know, will I ever end up on the New York Times bestseller list? No, probably not. Um, do I hope to maybe make a career out of it where I could make enough money that I wouldn't have to go to, back to work full time? Yes, I, I would hope that that would happen. It's It's too early for me to know that yet. Sure. Um, but I think I've also learned a lot about self-discipline. Um, mm -hmm. and that if I want this dream, 
I'm going to have to be the one to work for it. And I'm going to be the one that has to make it a reality. And that's very hard sometimes, especially as a stay at home mom, when all I want to sit down and do is write or map out social media or whatever. And, you know, my son wants to sit down and play go fish. (laughs) Well, it's like I'm torn between two worlds. You know, I, I stayed home so that I could do those things with him and be there for him. But now I'm kind of on the cusp of trying to make my dream a reality. So trying to find that balance of what I need to do for me, what I need to do for my dream, what I need to do for my child, what I need to do for my husband, the same thing that, that all of us mamas kind of have to find that balance. And that's just difficult because I, I don't have an office to go to. I used to go to Starbucks um, two or three times a week. I can't do that anymore um, because they, they don't let you sit anymore, at least not here. They won't let us sit and just work. Um, and to be honest, like I don't really want to go to a restaurant right now with the pandemic and, and stuff. So I really had to adjust um, what that looks like in, in setting boundaries. And it's a little bit easier because my son's a little bit older um, two years ago, I wouldn't have been able to do that, but he, he's getting a little bit better of, you know, mommy's working, mommy's working. And sometimes it breaks my heart to tell him that, but on the flip side, like I, I've learned that I can't give everything to him and not something for myself or else I'm really no good for him in the end anyways. Yeah. There's so much good stuff in there, Brooke. I love that you said, um, you know, I might have this dream or this passion, but like, I'm the one that has to do the work. I think sometimes it can be easy to look at someone else's success or their pursuit of their dreams and just think like, wow, that's so cool. Like I would never be able to do that. What you're not seeing is them in the trenches, in the mud, in the tears, writing, you know, page 200 at 1am in the morning and all of those things. Um, we don't see all that. And then I also think, you know, if I could just encourage you, I think when we pursue our dreams alongside that chapter of family and marriage and kids, it shows our kids that they can pursue theirs, right? And it shows them how they can, you know, we can we can fit the things in. We can make space. We can still be super intentional and present when we're in those moments playing on the floor. But then we can also know that it's okay to be intentional about this dream that we feel like we have. And our kid can be watching VeggieTales for half an hour while we're doing that, you know? Right, right. <laughs> um, yep. So, you know, somebody told me that. And it has really stuck with me because it is easy for us moms to feel guilty, um, especially if you've made that choice to stay at home. You feel like you should be 100% but um, focused on kids. But I feel like when we take time for ourselves and prioritize ourselves, it really is a gift back to our families because we serve them better from that full, you know, picture. So Right. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so what's next for you? Where are you going from here? What are some of your goals and plans? Well, I had a goal this year to publish three books and then the <laughs> and then the pandemic hit and Good old twenty twenty. Um, I went from you know, my son going to school four days a week and I, I'm at Starbucks, you know, two or three hours a day to 
now my husband's home, working from home, and my son is home, and it was just a disaster. Um, you know, my I suffer from depression and anxiety that I usually do a fairly good job of controlling, but I mean, it's just this whole year has been crazy for everybody. So um, now my goal is to publish <laughs> one book this year which I, I am going to meet that goal. Um, awesome. I just, uh, my street team, which is kind of the very first people, my review team that get my book, they just got my book on Friday. Um, one of them finished it in 24 hours and said she loved it. One, another one is almost done. So I'm getting really good feedback, which is really good news. Um, it's called Carry Me Through. And as of right now, it's going to be released on November 12th, um, but that, you know, that was, that was hard for me to accept that I'm like, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna meet these goals. I'm not even gonna come close to the goals I had. Um, and something else I feel like that's really important to mention, my first book released in April of 2019, and I had another book ready to go that would be released um, October of 19. And I wrote an entire book and gave it to um, a couple of friends to read. And they came back and said, you can't publish this. This is, you can't put your name on this. And you want to talk about wow, heartbreaking. Um, you know, I, I released this book and got all this great feedback. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I know what I'm doing. I'm good at this. This, yeah, let's go. And then I. I do it again and they're like, you can't put this out in the world. And that I really, really almost thought about quitting. Cause I'm like, Oh, okay. This was like a one hit wonder. Right. I don't have me. I don't have it in me to do this again. And so that was about this time last year. So it's taken me almost a year to kind of accept that. Um, it's almost like a, a the grief stages, you know, like you're in denial of like, Oh no, they don't know what they're talking about. It's a good book to I'm like, Oh my gosh, this book sucks. And <laughs> what was I thinking? And so it was very, very hard to, to basically start over yeah, um, and, and tell myself, okay, no, you can, you can do this. And so when I sent that book out on Friday, like I wanted to throw up cause I'm like, if they come back and say, this book isn't any good. Like I'm done. My career's over. My dream's over because I can't, I can't go through that again. You know, yeah. I wouldn't trust myself to think I, I know what I'm doing. You know, I, I'm good at this. So to get that feedback back that like they're enjoying it, I'm like, okay, I, I can maybe do this, but I, I will say like, I, I truly believe like, Nobody has overnight success. Like, yep. I don't even think that's a thing. I really think that people who are successful have worked, and not just with writing, in anything, have worked their tail off to get there because there are so many things behind the scenes that people don't. And, I mean, I, I advertised this book was coming out. Like, I put it all over social media. I had a release date. I did a cover reveal. And for all of my fans to then be like, where's this book? And I'm mm -hmm. like, um, it's not good enough to publish. Like, heartbreaking. Yeah. And 
made me feel like a fool, to be honest with you. I'm like, this looks so horrible for my career that I wrote a book that I can't even put out. Like, why would you ever give me your money again to to read? Because I, when people take the time to read a book you wrote, like, that's a huge investment. I mean, people's time is worth a lot. Um, so it's not about the $3 ebook price or the $15 paperback. It's like, I'm going to sit down for three or four hours and give you my life to, to read this book. You know, I want it to be worth your time. So I just thought that that was something important for me to include that. Like, yes, my first book did well. My second book didn't even make it on the shelf. I love that. No, I I think it is so easy to look at someone, like I said, you know, their success and just think, wow, she just, you know, I I will even admit to you that when I saw that you had written a book, I was like, that is so cool. I didn't even know she was into writing and it's doing so well. I just made assumptions. And I think most people make assumptions about successful people, but I think you're right. Um, It all comes with just working your tail off and getting through failure and disappointment and figuring out how to overcome that. So what did that process look like for you of like, they tell you it's not good enough. And so what did you do next? Did you take some time off? Did you try to edit it or did you just scrap the whole thing and start something new? Yeah, I definitely, I took some time. Um, And looking back on it, I was never um, really passionate about that story. Mm. I struggled a lot when I would sit down. Um, I don't really believe in writer's block. I mean, I I know some people say they get it, but I mean, I I can sit down and and write 5,000 words of crap, but I always try to just write. Like, I've started literally a paragraph writing out blah 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 like I just write until something starts to flow Mm. and I've I've had to completely trash days of work but I'm like that's what works best for me that I just keep going I keep going and after that happened I I couldn't even hardly get out my laptop because I'm like I don't I don't trust myself I don't trust my ideas, I don't trust my process, I don't trust my writing, so, um, and then to, to kind of complicate matters, that was in, uh, yeah, that, I felt, I felt up against a wall, we're gonna self-publish a book, you need to have two or three ready to go, well, I kind of jumped the gun. I got sick of waiting and I'm like, if I'm not, if I don't do this, I'm never going to do this. So I just did it. And that was looking back on it, probably a mistake because then I rushed through this other book. And so now instead of publishing two or three books the same year, now it's been over a year before I'm even getting my second book out. Mm -hmm. So I've made a lot of mistakes and there's probably people who have read my first book who have forgotten about me. That's just the way it is. I mean, I, I really thought about quitting a lot and probably if it wasn't for my husband who just kept pushing me saying like, I think this is a God given talent. I think this is something you're supposed to do. Like, I really 
I think you just need to stick with it. And mm. in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, I'm tired of working for myself. I'm tired <laughs> of investing money and not getting any money in return. Like, I just want to go to a job and somebody pay me <laughs> and give me, give me benefits. And, you know, cause that's in some ways the easier way out. But then yeah. I thought, well, then I won't be there to pick up Brian from school and I'm giving up my dream. And so it was a lot of back and forth kind of turmoil. And I felt like once I got through that and I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go. COVID hit. Yeah. And so I just had to push and push and push and push myself. And this book that I recently wrote, I've been working on for um, several years and I'm a lot more passionate about the story. And so I think that's kind of what kind of changed my mind. And I did a lot of praying um, to God about like, just if this isn't, if this isn't what I'm supposed to do, like I really am truly at peace with it, but just, just let me know because, you know, I feel like I'm killing myself here, not knowing where this is going. And I still don't. But I'm like, well, I'm just kind of having a little bit of faith that this is the direction I'm supposed to go. And until I get some kind of sign or something that like, oh, no, this this isn't what's going to be best for your family. This is what's best for you. Then I'm just going to try to keep taking the steps that I need to take to hopefully make it work. Yeah. Wow. I think it's awesome. And I love the story of just persistence and not giving up and that there's still fear there and there's still failure. And I hope that, you know, for anybody listening who maybe has that passion for something that you just, it just keeps sort of sitting there and gets stirred up from time to time. I really do think those are are God-inspired things. And, um, you know, I, I really do. And so, um, I hope that Brooke's story just encourages you in that regard because the road's not going to be easy, but that doesn't mean it's not worth taking. So, um, yeah. So is there anything else that you wanted to share with listeners before we wrap up? No, just if, if anybody ever has any questions or about breastfeeding, publishing, (laughs) anxiety, (laughs) um, I'm pretty much an open book, so if anybody ever wants to talk to me about anything, um, you can find me online or Facebook, and I'm, I'm more than happy to to chat. So yeah. just thank you for the the opportunity, and yeah, I hope that um, this helps somebody at least listening. That you know, we all fail. Absolutely. <laughs> and we, we all have those moments where you're like, wow, what am, what am I doing? But, Absolutely. Um, well, and if someone wants to buy your book, um, where can they find them? Um, it is through Amazon. Um, and it's available in Kindle Unlimited. Or you can um, buy it through Kindle or paperback. Or um, I also do signed copies um, that I can mail out through Facebook or my website, which is www.brookmcbride.com. Awesome. Well, thanks, Brooke. It's been a pleasure having you on the podcast today. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Hope you have a good day. You too. Okay, thanks. 
wasn't that so good? I loved that. I love when I get to talk to another mama and I just get a real transparent, this is how things are, I wish I had known this, I struggled with this conversation. It really blesses my heart because it affirms some of my own feelings and struggles and I'm sure it does that for some of you as well. I love how Brooke talked about just figuring it out and not giving up on her dreams. That was definitely one of my biggest takeaways. And you just keep going when it's important to you. You just keep going and you figure it out. So I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. And as always, I appreciate you taking some time to spend with me and my guests to talk about all things motherhood and working mom life and dreams and just all the in-betweens. So I hope you have a great rest of your day. And as always, if this episode blessed you, would you just share it on your social media, tag um, memoirs from the minivan in a post on Instagram or on Facebook, and just let other mamas know that we are out there to encourage them and support them and love on them. And most of all, to share their stories. So as always, thanks for spending some time with me today and tuning into this episode of the Memoirs from the Minivan podcast. Thank you.